0: I want you to know that God has been so faithful and so good to us. Y'all don't know what a privilege it is for my wife and I to be able to come and join you and to be a part of your family. And uh, am I a part of your family? Yeah. And sometimes you say stuff and you're like, "Uh, I didn't really check that before I said that. Just making sure I am. Uh, But I'm very blessed, very highly favored. Thank the Lord for for the connection that we have here. I love you guys so very much. I'm so grateful for the pastoral staff and the, these men and women of God that have become our friends. And uh, just so happy. I get to talk to these guys and share with them and they share with me and we laugh, we cry. You move me, Bob. That was a term from uh, Veggie Tales. Anyway, (laughs) God has been so good to us. I thank the Lord. I want to just make a quick announcement. And this is something fairly new for us. For me, I I think the farthest that I've ever gone ever is Spokane, Washington. That's the farthest I've ever gone. That's up to the corner of the state. Ooh, And uh, (laughs) it's like, wow, real far. Um, We really haven't gone very, very far. We've been across the state, but not very far. I thought Pensacola, Florida was like, whoa. It's not. And uh, it's really nice over there, though. But I want to thank the Lord because the Lord has opened up a door uh, for my wife and I, and we're going to be traveling to Kenya and to South Africa the next coming year. please pray for us. Amen. Please pray for us. We are so excited, so excited. you know i I am privileged, and I am so left in awe every time that I get to minister His word, uh, because I think to myself if they only knew where I came out of, and I'm so grateful every time that I'm able to stand before a beautiful congregation like you and share the word i'm I'm so blessed to be connected to you. Pastor Harold, Pastor Mary Lou. I mean, they just love us like nobody else. I think they love us more than you. I'm just saying. Well, at least they make me feel that way, right? But we are loved, very loved. And of course, I can't go on saying anything without saying thank the Lord that He connected us to Miss Betty and Miss Sandra. And we are so blessed to be a part of, of their move and call of the Lord on their lives and to be a support and to be able to just be around them. Uh, this is beautiful. I'm not alone today. My wife is with me. Whoop, whoop. <clears throat> kind of like what Pastor Ed said, like this is the better half. And she makes me look good. Yeah. Praise God. She chose what I was going to wear today. And man, don't I look fine. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else tells me except her, so I got to tell myself, you know. <laughs> I look good, Jesus' name. Miss Betty told me I look nice today, didn't you, Miss Betty? Yes, she did. But none of y'all did. <laughs> I'm not hurt. I'm not hurt. I'm just saying. I'm so grateful because the Lord uh, is going to allow us to do something tonight, and we'd like to invite each and every one of you to come out. We're going to have a night of prayer and a night of worship. How many of you know that we need prayer? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. See, that's real funny to me, okay? That's real funny, because how many of y'all know we need prayer, and only like the 10 that are coming are the only ones that raise their hand? Everybody else was like, yeah. How many of y'all know we need prayer? you raise your hand, you're committed we want to see everybody here at 630 and we're just going to worship we're going to worship for a little bit and we're going to call on the Lord and we're just going to lay before him for a few minutes and we want to hear his voice and we're going to believe God for healing for restoration you know we are declaring at this very moment that as brother Jeff is laying on that bed he is already the healed of the Lord he is the healed of the Lord And we are declaring and believing in God by faith that those that are sitting here today in these chairs, those of you that have uh, very serious illnesses, life-threatening illnesses, you are the healed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. See, the amen was a little bit less at that point. Because it's easier for us to believe for somebody else than it is to believe for us. See, because I have to go home with this cough. I have to go home with a body ache. I have to go home with with the stuff that's hurting. You hear me? But I'm telling you right now, don't go home with that. Go home with the presence of God inside of you. Go home with the Holy Spirit that declares great things, that you are the healed of the Lord. Remember, it's the Holy Ghost that brings forth the understanding and the remembrance. He reminds you, you have already been healed. He is the witness to God's majestic and powerful acts. He is the one that reminds us that Jesus finished the work at the cross. It's finished. Look at your neighbor, tell him it's finished. He said, but I'm still coughing. It's finished anyway. Did you hear what I said? But I'm still hurting. Yeah, but it's still finished. Your body might not know it yet, but it's finished. Your spirit knows it. And what manifests in your spirit, man, will manifest out in your flesh. Amen? Amen. You just keep confessing and speaking that word. And I'm telling you right now, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I need some people to get excited about knowing that the God that we serve has already finished the work and we are the healed of the Lord. And I want you to know He didn't just come after a mind issue or a body problem, He came after cancer, He came after leukemia, He came after diabetes, He came after high blood pressure, He came after the common cold and the normal headache, He came after it to declare that greater is He that is in you, He is in you, that means the kingdom of God and the power of the living God that abides in you has no sickness, there's no sickness in heaven and heaven's will has come down to this earth. And abides in you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Declare it. Declare it. Well, Pastor Hector, I, 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 I want to declare it. I want to declare it. I do. I want to declare it. But I find myself in an issue because, because I really am going through it. Well, nobody's negating that. Nobody's saying that you're not. You hear me? I know. I was just coughing up a storm up here trying to sing. Because the flesh, the flesh, we're still in this world. And in this world, there's great sin. You see, but we have to take a hold of the word of God that declares this. He says, I have come to the world. Fear not. For I have conquered the world. I've defeated the world. And we have to believe that what he's done, we can apply to us. You have to believe it. If you don't believe, you've already lost the battle. I don't know about you, but I don't like to lose. Look at your neighbor and say, me neither. I don't like to lose. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1. And please, please just bear with me as as I walk through this word. Please bear with me. I, I had my mind wrapped around this so well last week, and then I got a phone call from Pastor, and he shared some things with me on Wednesday, and, and that just changed my whole concept of what I was going to talk about. And I went and sat with Jeff on, on Friday afternoon. I was with Jeff for about, I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half. And we sat there, we talked, and we spoke about the victories and the power of God and, and how the devil is a liar and he's under our feet. I think Jeff is probably one of the most positive guys I've ever met. And he's declaring these things and he's believing them. Sometimes we get thrust or pushed into situations that we're not really ready for. We get into these circumstances, these difficulties, these hardships that we're really not ready for. And that would sincerely be a very serious problem if you were alone. But God has declared, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Now you've got to hold on to that. Because if you don't hold on to that, then you're walking alone. He said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Never turn my back on you. In this world, you will have much affliction. He says, but do not fear. I already beat up the boogeyman. I'm reading out of the Message Bible. If you don't have this version, your Bible isn't wrong. The Bible says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of God... God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Moses, my servant is dead. The traditions that you were used to, they don't work anymore. The religiosity that you stood on doesn't work anymore. The way of thinking that you had in the past doesn't work anymore. I'm here to tell you that the past is over. That yesterday is gone. That whatever you dealt with in your yesterday, whether it was good or whether it was bad, it's over. So you can chalk that up to a distant memory. A good memory or a bad memory, it's your choice. But it's still a memory. The word and the current word of God today, the present word of God today, the word for today at this very moment is this, get going. Get up and move. Get up and leave the past behind you. Get up and stop holding on to the way it used to be. Stop holding on to the things that you thought were the best things that had ever happened to you. There are still greater things that God wants to bring into your life. Get up and get going. Quit crying about what you could have had, what you could have done, what you could have been. Quit crying about it and get up and get going. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall be glad. I shall rejoice in it. Why is that? Because God's mercies are fresh and new every day. And if we don't take a hold of those mercies, we don't take a hold of those blessings, you're going to stay stuck in a stagnant yesterday. And you won't be able to hold or appreciate what God has for you today. Get up get going, get up, get going. I said, get up and get going. You're going to cross this Jordan River. I said, you're going to cross this Jordan River. You're going to get to your promised land. You're going to get to the blessings that God said you would have. You're going to get to that place of peace and tranquility where your mind won't be going a thousand miles an hour where your body will be able to rest at night and peace will come over you and you'll be able to sleep like a baby. You're coming to your promised land. You're going to get through the circumstance and the situation, but you're not going to get through it if you're still sitting on your rear end and your assured blessing assurance, if you're still sitting on that thing. you got to get up and you got to get going. Look at your neighbor and say, just let it go. You're going to cross this Jordan River, you and all the people, cross to the country that I'm giving to the people of Israel. He says, I'm giving you every square inch of the land that you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. Now hear this, ladies and gentlemen. When he says, I'm going to give you every square inch of land that you put your foot on, he's giving you authority He's given you authority to conquer everything around you, conquer the things around you, conquer circumstances around you, conquer issues that come against you around you. The, the, the Goliaths that rise up in your life, he's given you the power to conquer those things. He's given you the things that, that grow within the flowers. He's given you the power to conquer the weeds that grow within that. La cizaña entre el trigo, he has given you that the power and the ability to conquer those things. That means that when issues rise up that are ungodly, you've already got the upper hand. When there's issues in the marriage, you have the upper hand. When your children are wayward, you have the upper hand. When things are going on and you know it should be better and injustice has come into your life, you have the upper hand. When enemies rise up and they have you in their eyesight, don't fear. You have the upper hand. You've got to make a choice and you've got to put your foot on it. You've got to step on it in Jesus' mighty name. You've got to make a decision, a commitment and say, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Somebody say it's a mindset. It's It's an an attitude. It's exactly what it is. And that mindset and that attitude fuel the faith inside of you. To speak to those things and say, you will bow down in the name of Jesus. You will not take my land. You will not come and affect my family. My babies belong to the Lord. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. And my health, God paid the price through his son Jesus. By shedding his blood, rebuking sin and the curse of death. And I am the healed of the Lord. You take an attitude of weakness. If you take an attitude of woe is me. If you take an attitude of defeat and sorrow, you've already lost. Well, I don't know what to do. Praise him. I don't, I don't know how to handle this. I have, this is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than your God. It's you need to know who your source is. You need to know who your constant is, who your go to is. Listen, don't you ever walk into a business deal by yourself. You better take the Holy Spirit with you because He'll show you exactly what to do, He'll show you exactly what to say, He'll tell you when to shut up and when to talk. I walked into a house. Never in my dreams did I think would, I'd be able to afford this house. And at the end of the day, I signed a contract, no money down. I walked into that house. When, we'll see what, what what it was all about. I thought it was a beautiful home. I wanted to see it. I wanted to give my wife something beautiful. She deserves a good house. The gentleman walking me through the house, the, owner of the, son, the son of the owner of the house, he looks at me and he says, what do you do for a living? Man, I'm glad you asked. I said, I serve a mighty God. He says, oh, you're a preacher. I said, yeah, I'm an evangelist. I'm a pastor. I travel. He said, well, that's wonderful. He says, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> How many of you know that God will open up opportunities for you? Yeah, he will. But you've got to believe in what he's telling you to do. You've got to be open to hear and follow through with what he's saying. At the end of the day, right there in that sidewalk, he gave his life to the Lord. He was standing there bawling, crying. He says, I need you to meet my mom and dad. I said, Okay. I said, But I'm bringing my wife. How many of y'all know sometimes we need backup? We came in the next day, and he said, Mr. Soto, you really like this house? I do. I really do like it. He said, I'll tell you what, he said, let's make a deal. He looked at his wife and says, let's help them. He looks like somebody that just, we can just trust him. And I was like, wow, I got that kind of face. (laughs) Cool. And you know what I did? I put my foot on it. Did you hear me? I put my foot on it. I said, I want this house. I want this blessing. Mm. I I am the favor of God. Mm. I deserve good things. Mm. He loves me more than you. Are you hearing this? Look what he did. He says, I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, east to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the Hittite country, excuse me, and then west to the great sea. It's all yours. All your life, no one will be able to hold out against you. Another version says, no one will ever stand against you. Another verse says, no one will be able to come against you and conquer you. Are you hearing this? What does that tell you? That tells you that you're a victor, not a victim. That tells you that you have a mighty God on your side. That tells you that you're not alone. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I am comforted in the presence of God, knowing that I am favored of the Lord. And listen, I'm going somewhere with this. This is not just a feel-good message. Hear me now. Okay? Okay? But I just need you to understand a little bit of this foundation. Because every time that you face a problem, the enemy comes and whispers and tells you, you can't do this. That's when you got to turn around and slap him. you got to turn around and punch him in the gut. And if he's close enough, punch him in the throat. throat. But take an aggressive stand. You can't have a woe is me attitude. You either know the promises of God or not. Ladies, how many of you would, be, would stand next to your husband and just stand there holding his hand while another woman comes and says, Hey, baby. Hi, man, you good looking. Let go of that thing. Just let go of that thing and come with me. How many of you would just say, Go ahead, babe, go. Home. Tonya. <laughs> Girl, you you'd probably knock everybody's knee out. (laughs) you just going to roll over? Uh -uh. Give it up? Uh -uh. Then why? Why do we allow the enemy to come into the house? Why do we allow the enemy to come into our children? Mess with our kids. Mess with our marriages. Why do we allow the enemy to do these things? You need Your foot on it. Listen, this is what God gave me for you. You need to get yourself stirred up. Need to get yourself strong in your mindset and in your heart, in your devotion and your dedication to what you're doing. You either love Him or you don't. You either seek Him or you don't. But enough of giving up territory, enough of giving up uh, uh, health. Enough of giving him just the free right to come in and make havoc of your life. Did you hear me? Now this, of course, comes with responsibility. Stop opening the door. Stop opening the door of sin. Stop opening the door of lust, sexual desires, and all kinds of frustrations. Stop letting anger be what guides you. Always get ticked off about everything. My God, how you doing? I'm good. What's about you? Well, first of all, I'm fine. And what's about you is not a word. (laughs) That's improper English. (laughs) You got to put your foot on it. You got to stop letting the enemy just ransack you and do whatever he wants. How long you been in church? That's a loaded question, (laughs) y'all. Let me ask you a deeper, more accurate question. How long has Jesus been in you? (laughs) Come on, can I hear somebody say amen? How long? How long? He told the disciples the same things. How long must I be with you? That storm hit. Disciples are crying. Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. We're going to die, Lord. And he gets up. Same word. Peace be still. How long do I got to be with you? All in the same breath. Until we realize that the same Jesus The same God, the same Holy Spirit that created the heavens and the earth that spoke everything into existence that allows oxygen to flow in and through this earth until we know that this God, the same God that spoke the mountains into existence and created the depths of the sea until we know that this God that's put the stars, hung the stars and the moon in its place and the sun to warm the earth Until we know that that's the same God that abides in us, we will never understand his mighty power. Until you realize that he could have called a legion of angels to come and rescue him. But he willingly surrendered his life and hung on a cross to die. Taking your and my sin upon himself. He could have gotten down and said, you know what? I'm done with this. Lord, just get rid of it. He could have pulled himself off the cross, but he didn't. He could have called angels, but he didn't. His power and his strength within is what is within you. You can overcome, you can conquer. You can get up out of that bed. You can get up out of that sickness. You can walk out of that circumstance, that situation. You can choose a different life. You can get up and move forward into a new chapter. No, you don't have to stay like that. No, you don't have to be bound by those chains. No, you don't have to live with that mindset. No, you don't have to be that person. You have a God inside of you that has no limitations. That God abides in you, and you are greater than what you see in the mirror. How many undercover, depressed people do we have in this house? Don't raise your hands. You would have done it like this anyway. People we have in here. Undercover. Undercover. You know that. You know what I'm talking about. You come to church, you look real good. You look real man, you made sure that beard is combed all the way down to here. All the tips. (laughs) You made sure everything looked good for other people to see. But you really don't have your foot on it. You don't. Nobody hears you complain, but it doesn't mean that you don't. When you're in the truck, you're all by yourself. That's a whole different world. When you're driving in your car, going from one town to the next, that's a whole different world. How many of y'all hear secret? By, in, it's, in it's undercover, you hear all the oldies when you're by yourself. <laughs> chim, chim, chim. <laughs> and then you come to church. You are the Lord. <laughs> that he led me. I don't got a beef with music. What I got a beef with is with a double standard heart. Because that's what makes you weak. That's, what's, that's what makes you unaccountable. That's what makes you be someone that can't stand when the storm is passing through. Because there's no roots deep enough to hold you. Who am I talking to? There's no roots deep enough to hold you. You got a great smile. You look good in a a suit. I like your shirt. Praise God. The dentures are working for you. They're working for you. (laughs) I love it. I can go four days. I don't have to brush nothing. It's still white. Glory to God. but you don't have your foot on it. You know how bad it is? It's as bad as this. You're married, you love that person, but you won't tell them the truth. Well, I just want peace in my home. Sweetheart, what you're creating right there is a lie. And if you, anything you build on a lie won't stand very long. You want him to be truthful to you, but you won't tell him what you really think about his socks. <laughs> you won't tell him what you really think about his attitude, or about those little remarks. You want her to respond quickly and do everything, everything that you say because you're the man of the house. Lord to God, Mr. Big Man, Mr. Big Shot. Lord to God. Hallelujah. But you won't tell her you love her. You won't tell her you care about her. You won't tell her that she means everything to you. You won't tell her she's beautiful in the morning. You won't tell her. Well, I just wasn't brought up that way. Shut up. You weren't brought up hugging your bros, and you hug them anyway. What's up, bro? That's a term of affection. <laughs> Pastor Joe and I, we have bro rom- romances now. <laughs> on Marco Polo. <laughs> <sighs> Look at you never say, we gotta be real. Because there's a real enemy coming and he's stealing all my stuff. Did you hear me? There's a real enemy coming and he's stealing all my stuff. I want to go somewhere here. I want you to know that each and every one of us here have been anointed with the power for the Great Commission, all of us here. But if you don't put your foot on it, if you don't take authority, then you'll never be able to conquer anything. And God has called, called us to conquer. What do you think? Why would more people want to come to a church that is constantly in defeat? Might as well just go to every, everybody else's church. What makes us different? What makes us different from everybody else here in San Angelo? What makes us different? I'll tell you what makes us different. It's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Ghost makes us different. You know what makes us different? The fact that you and I understand the Word of God. And there's a revelation that He gives us on a daily basis so that we can walk like Him, with Him, wherever He may lead. That makes us different. If we are not following the lead of the Holy Ghost, then we just like everybody else. You either believe it or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. Listen to this. Look at today's generation. We have become so self-absorbed and have become so knowledge and technology-driven. Many are no longer moved by the word of God, much less the move of the Holy Ghost. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 3. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 3. Now the Spirit You know what's happening out there, everybody? Let me tell you what's happening out there. We have people that are teaching a word that they're not following themselves. We have have congregations gathering together that are lifting up their hands but don't even know who they're singing to. The word seared means to burn or char. The surface of something, to mark with a branding iron, to burn or scorch injuriously or painfully, to make callous or unfeeling, hardened to dry up or or weather to parch. I'm telling you that the hearts of people are becoming hardened because everybody's been preached to more than enough, but nobody's following. And nobody's hearing the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of God is moving and He's manifesting. And He's doing still today miracle signs and wonders. But we're not looking for Him. And because we're not looking for Him, we don't see them. And can I just be straight up with you? I'm leaving tomorrow anyway. <laughs> Some people get stinking frustrated and tired. And get bothered because the Holy Ghost moves. They get bothered. You know, it's just amazing to me how they get unbothered when they're lying in bed sick. When tragedy hits, when there's a lot of turbulence on the plane, oh God, oh God, oh God. Holy Ghost, where are you? Holy Ghost. It's amazing to me. We're living double minded hypocritical. I'm going to say it again. Do you either believe it? Ain't no in between. No in between. You either believe it or you don't. You either believe that God is real. You either believe that the Holy Ghost is real. You either believe in the moves and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit or you don't. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Every time you speak something ill. Every time you speak negatively. Every time you talk about somebody else. You are canceling all that God is in you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare pretend to be something you're not. And don't go out on a binge. Well, Pastor Hector said, I got to be truthful and I hate you. (laughs) And not what I said. Go back and see the tape again. Get your heart right. Get your mind right. Get your walk right. Let the Holy Ghost do it. Let him touch you. Let him minister to you. Y'all getting anything from this? Listen to this. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If the church doesn't have the right kind of lights or music or stage presence, it isn't attractive or interesting enough to keep our attention. If we're not loud or animated enough, if we don't have the right children's program or youth activity or community outreach, we are not active enough, and we are considered to be boring. Guys, listen, listen. How many? Listen, do not raise your hands. <laughs> uh, I, just, I have to say it because it's a disclaimer. So all of a sudden, you raise your hand, then you get in trouble with the whole row. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my God. How many of you are here because it's awesome? Yeah, okay. Don't raise your hands. Stop it. It's awesome. But how many of you have ever walked into a church and said, oh my God? Mama said, you got nothing good to say. Bite your tongue, don't say nothing. <laughs> so you walk out, turn your back on the church, never walk back to that place again. That's the society that we're living in. Look at you'd ever say, you got to put your foot on it. The problem is this, that even when the church provides all of these ministries, it's like pulling teeth to get anyone to attend. And it becomes a never-ending cycle of -of tug-of-war and manipulation to try and keep this generation happy and engaged in service. I do know and believe that there are those of us here, for example, that are here because we love God. And He is our everything. But we cannot overlook that many are still attending church because it has been religiously burned into our mind that church is the right thing to do on Sundays. Well, except on football Sundays. Church is the place to be if you have a problem. Church is the answer if you need help with your marriage or family. Church is your safety net if you have overwhelming issues at home or work with your family. Church is the gateway if you need time away from reality. God gave me all of this. Church is the go-to if you need new friends. Some others would say, I ain't gonna look for my friends at church. Church is therapy. Church is healing. Church is blessings. Church is where the nice girls are for those those looking for a partner. <laughs> and all the single girls, yes! Finally, I'm here. Church is where the nice guys are. We just wish y'all were better looking. (laughs) Church looks good on your social resume. It looks good on, what church you go to over there? No, what's the name of your church? I don't know, but it's really awesome. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. We have awesome, I mean, they have great programs. Where is it? It's over there. Well, who's the pastor? You know, if you hadn't asked me, I would have told you. Uh, I don't remember, his, but he's awesome. Man, I, I cried last Sunday. His word, the word he shared made my heart thump. I cried. Really? What, well, what did he preach about? Oh. I don't remember. Every one of these things that I've mentioned are probably true to some superficial place am i right but every one of these examples is geared to what you are coming to get out of church you're coming to get something out of this place you're coming because you want something the assembly of the body of christ is not so that you could store up these treasures but rather that you might have be able to give these treasures away mark chapter 12 verses 30 and 31 and you shall love the lord your god With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. These are all fundamental truths. This generation that is coming up is expressing more and more that they know it all. Come on, somebody. And they have no need for a moral compass anymore. have no need for a moral compass much less for a savior. And something that has added to the demise of our generation is the lack of consequence. Am I talking to anybody? He says a consequence of any kind spiritually or physically. See the church a few years back thought that the reason why we as a body were losing people and turning them away from accepting the Lord was because we were preaching a God who was too harsh. About 10 years ago. 15 years ago. So we excluded the consequence of actions from the gospel message and we became seeker-friendly. How many of y'all thank God that we're not seeker-friendly here? We began to preach a God of love and forgiveness and became cautious not to be offensive. Y'all remember that? We became even silent as a church. The consequences of our disobedience should be dealt with a softer resolve and not worry about holiness or sanctification. But what the church didn't realize at the time was that this act would have a consequence of its own. The act of sinning against a God that is bound by a covenant of love proves to be no threat or worry to the person willing to push sin to the limit. Because at the end, forgiveness is what we will be, will be his consequence anyways. It doesn't matter. Listen, God's going to love me anyway. God's going to forgive me anyway. I can mess up Saturday night. I can go play in a club Saturday night. I can go be at the bar Saturday night. I can do whatever I want to do on Saturday because Sunday forgiveness is coming. Ain't nobody going to ask me in my chairs or in the pews what I did the night before. So I ain't got an answer to nobody. Am I getting too real? I'll tell you what. The Holy Ghost has seen everything that we've done. And you see, and that's not, the, that's not bad. This is where it's bad. Where you begin to seek God's presence and you can't touch Him. And you can't reach Him. And you can't receive from Him. And you can't allow His love to permeate you, to bless you, to surround you. Why? Because holiness and ungodliness don't mix. They don't come together. So listen as I tell you this. According to Acts chapter 2 and 38, Peter said, change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever, in fact, our master God invites. Verse 40, he went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over. Are you ready for this? This is the message translation. He says, get out while you can. Get out of this sick and stupid culture. Somebody say, put your foot on it. Listen. Okay, I'm done. I'm done because I can go on forever. I can't. But I'm done. Listen to this. The transformation that we are believing God for is not coming from the outside. It's coming from the inside the move that we are expecting the Holy Ghost to do is not going to be because somebody preaches an awesome word. It's going to be because we believe him. Now hear this. And the miracle signs and wonders that we are seeking are not going to come to a generation that is worldly and has separated themselves from God and is doing whatever they want to do in a lustful, carnal way. That's never going to happen. He's looking for someone who is contrite, who is humble, who is seeking him, who is hungry for his presence. And I came here to tell you this. If no one has ever said it yet, I'm serving notice to the devil. I'm serving notice to the enemy. Because I declare this house will be a house of prayer. This house will be a house of praise. This house will be a house where we seek the Lord. This house will be a house where miracle signs and wonders manifest. This house will be a house of the healed of the Lord. Sickness has been served notice. You have to go by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And the works of Jesus finished on the cross. I declare over you today, you are the blessed of the Lord and the highly favored. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And yet though we may struggle, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I will fear no evil, for thy God is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I know I've been through some stuff, but I'm not laying my life down until God has his way. And I need somebody in here to say, Lord, I'm yours. I belong to you and I'm not doing my mess anymore. I'm seeking after you and I declare we're shutting the door, hallelujah to the enemy and this house will be a holy house, a house of praise, a house of glory where the power of God moves in these altars and through these pews and I declare in Jesus name, every weapon of the enemy is broken in Jesus name. time to change the mindset time to change the heart he told Joshua listen whatever you put your foot on he didn't say whatever I put your foot on he said you got to do it did you hear me he said you got to do it you got to make up your mind I called you to be a leader I didn't call you to be a follower I called you to be a voice I called you to be a sound you hear me You're not to be influenced. You are the influence. Freedom. You are the influence. Freedom. You are the influence. You're not to be influenced. Why do you think he gives you the opportunities he gives you? Because he knows what he has in you. And he knows that you're bold enough to put your face in front of the devil and say, get out of the way. You hear me? Don't let the enemy trip you up. Don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let the enemy put things in your life that distract you from your true purpose. Don't let the enemy come in and take your dreams from you and crush them under your own feet. Did you hear me? Under your own feet. Don't let it do. He told him, whatever you put your foot on, whatever you take authority over, whatever you decide you want to do, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart. I am the Lord your God. Who can be against you? Who can be against you? I know you struggle. I know you have fights. But you're not fighting by yourself. And quit thinking that your hands are strong enough to beat everybody up. Girl, you don't got it like that. Put your earrings back on. Put your high heels back on. Quit thinking that you can handle the world by yourself. You can. not I came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came. I gave my life so you wouldn't have to give yours. I put myself on that cross. I gave myself willingly so that you wouldn't have to sacrifice yourself. So you wouldn't have to lose your fights. So you wouldn't have to battle. The problem is, can I just be straight up with you? Everybody here? You just don't know how to shut up. You always got to have your last word. You always got to be the last word. You always got to say what you're thinking. And you know you're wrong and you still walk that way. You know you're wrong. You know you do stuff you're not supposed to and you still try to demand things. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Surrender. 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 You can't do it. You can't do it. It's just too hard. can't do it by myself, man. I just can't. Surrender. And stop trying. Stop trying to fix things with your little hands. He only gave you five fingers on that hand. That's all you got. Five fingers cannot turn an entire world around. Do you hear me? Greater is He that is in you. Remember that. Put that in your spirit. No weapon forged against you. That means that nothing that the enemy throws against you can prosper. You've already got the upper hand. You know what you do? You know what you do when somebody comes to threaten your face? You say, Talk to God, walk away walk away. You walk away from it. You walk away from it. Stop paying attention to what the enemy's throwing at you. And hear me now. Don't wimp out. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't get tired. You know what I'm talking about. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. You're still under the covers. Girl, you know what I mean. You're still under the covers, bro. You know, he's like, I didn't even put the coffee on last night and you know it's church time and those covers just feel so good get up get going did you hear me get up and get going get up and get going come on somebody get up and get going make up make the commitment in your mind and in your heart say I will not be defeated like this I will not go down I said that I wasn't going to talk about this but I am my brother-in-law just went to be with the Lord this past week and he had a really hard life very hard life very difficult life I'm not going to go into details but I will tell you this that everybody that desired heart him they lost because at the end of the day he recommitted his life unto the Lord and he declared God as his personal Savior and when he closed his eyes on this earth he opened them up in glory you hear me you don't stop fighting till your last breath, and I want you to know that in your last breath, you're walking into glory. Amen. Because that's His promise. I never leave you, man. I never forsake you. I never turn my back on you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to keep you, and even when you make mistakes, I'm going to be there to forgive you. If you trip and fall, my hand will always lift you up. You can count on my strength when you don't have any strength. You can count on my wisdom when you run out of ideas. You can count on my direction to get you where you're going. You will never walk alone. Never walk alone. I said you'll never walk alone. Today, as we close this service.